Hey, I'm Dr. Greg Gatchel, an osteopathic medicine physician. I'm board certified in family medicine, geriatrics, and lifestyle medicine. I grew up in a small town in Ohio, but I've lived and traveled abroad in many countries, and I'm currently living in Oahu, Hawaii. Most of my clinical work has involved working in either a university setting or a governmental setting with the VA, and I've primarily worked in outpatient and nursing home settings with older adults. Dr. Jonar de Guzman, one of our other team members, is a medical doctor hailing from Chicago. He's board certified in internal medicine and lifestyle medicine, and he trained and studied in many large U.S. cities such as New York, D.C., and L.A., and he's a world traveler. He is living in L.A. area right now and is currently working as a hospitalist. And finally, Dr. Sashi Braga, our third member of our podcast, is a medical doctor who is board certified in family medicine, geriatrics, and lifestyle medicine. He was born in Fortaleza, Brazil. He is a world traveler and has practiced medicine in Brazil, New Zealand, and the U.S. He's currently living on the island of Kauai, Hawaii, and he works for a private outpatient practice doing mainly care Uh, primary care and geriatrics and he works in a nursing home a little bit too and all three of us are incorporating lifestyle medicine into our medical practices and personal lives we have a passion for educating the world about lifestyle medicine so we can all be a little healthier so we started this podcast called the lifestyle medicine project This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This is the Lifestyle Medicine Project where we help educate people on healthy living. I'm Dr. G and I have with me Dr. D, Dr. B, and, and Today, we're going to talk about what is lifestyle medicine. Lifestyle medicine is a, it's, it's been around for about 15 years, but it's been a growing, uh, a growing grassroots movement right now. And per the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, it's defined as the use of whole food, plant predominant lifestyle, regular physical activity, restorative sleep, stress management, avoidance of risky substances and positive social connections as a primary therapeutic modality for treatment and reversal of chronic disease. Dr. D, what does, what does lifestyle medicine mean to you or how is it significant to you? Well, I think it's significant to me because, um, you know, a lot of the principles of lifestyle medicine, like the pillars that make up lifestyle medicine is, are things that I fully embrace, um, you know, for a long, long time. Um, I'm a long time meditator. I've been meditating since 2004 and recently plant-based since 2017. So for me, it just makes sense that lifestyle medicine is, is something that I, I'm very passionate about. Um, and, you know, similarly, like all three of us on this call were we're all lifestyle medicine certified so um that that's probably the main reason why i'm in it um but 
you know, personally for what it means to me is like the, the power of um, lifestyle changes, how, how much it can either affect you in a good or bad way, um, depending on what you choose to practice, whether that's through nutrition, through diet, um, you know, exercise, sleep, these are all things that make up our, our overall health. So I feel like life, lifestyle medicine is going to be the, the future of how medicine is approached and practiced, not just from like, you know, physicians, but from patients, everyone. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and, and I know at least for me, um, we didn't really learn much about, uh, lifestyle medicine when I went to medical school and I, I'm just curious, um, about you guys, did you did you guys learn anything about lifestyle medicine when you were in medical school? Not really. All I heard was like, okay, you got it. What we knew is just tell patients just to eat healthy and exercise. That, that kind of sort of cliche yeah. sentence. Eat healthy, exercise, and stay out of trouble. Yeah. You know that there's no in that sort of learning. Actually, quite the contrary. Hospital food and cafeteria like the resident students medical students like drinking coke and eating fried food and hospital food is just like not so good right salt and fat so no no have not yeah i mean totally for me like i used to recommend people to eat healthy and to to exercise but you know for me if they ask me what is healthy a healthy diet i I, I don't know if I could have really explained, you know, I might have said like eat more, eat more vegetables or something like that. But I certainly wasn't specific about what to eat. And I, I had never learned how to prescribe a diet before, which when I got my lifestyle medicine training, that that helped a lot for me. What what about you, Dr. D? Well, yeah, for me, I mean, we our training was very limited in medical school. It, I had probably just one class that comprised of 12 individual classes on nutrition. And that was it. And, you know, we, we talked about it before. There's other stuff that comprises lifestyle medicine. But, you know, we were taught nothing about sleep, very little about exercise. And it was just very generic you know, blanket statements of like kind of what Sashi was saying, or sorry, Dr. Um, B was saying about, uh, uh, you know, exercise more, you know, eat healthy. I mean, that's true and all, but that's not like, you know, a specific prescription plan that a patient can follow from like a practical standpoint. So there was very little in the way of um, lifestyle medicine that was taught at my medical school. But I don't think, you know, my medical school is alone in that. I think it's the majority of medical schools, but I do feel like there is more of a push nowadays to, you know, having more of these classes and coursework presented to medical students. And there's even some, you know, medical schools that are primarily focused on on promoting lifestyle medicine, which is great to see. Right, yeah, I think um, in the future, it's gonna have a big trickle down effect. Um, now that it is at least some medical schools are adopting it um yeah i i still think the majority of of medical doctors don't very know very much about lifestyle medicine and i think this is one of our reasons that we wanted to start this podcast is to to educate everybody about lifestyle medicine um 
What do you guys think about that? Oh, true. In fact, whenever you mention that to anyone, people just say, well, was that like integrative medicine? Is it any sort of like alternative medicine? It's like, no. <laughs> I mean, this is evidence-based medicine. Not, not, not to take the credit of integrative medicine, which is also evidence-based, but this is more like conventional sort of, you know, scientific nutrition, exercise, you know, emotional well-being, substance abuse, sleep, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so people really don't know much about it and for something that's been there for, what, 15 years, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think that, and like Sasha was saying, nothing to take away from, like, integrative medicine, but, you know, there is some things that that are and granted i am not i'm not trained in integrative medicine but this is only from what i hear from other folks that i know are trained in it there's certain things that they they do that aren't necessarily evidence-based and i think that's what separates lifestyle medicine from those other fields from integrative medicine from functional medicine and and you know the other i guess side of the coin too is the way conventional medicine is practiced versus how lifestyle medicine is practiced, right? Um, I, I think, it, you know, there's a big difference in how we view patients in our own role as physicians, you know, with conventional medicine, as you know, you all well know, but you know, the audience doesn't. With conventional medicine, physicians are, you know, usually seen as the drivers of the outcome of you know the patient's health and patients are just the you know passengers in this vehicle of health um and so they're you know they're they're not as um uh proactive about their health they just are kind of follow the orders of the doctor whereas in lifestyle medicine the the roles are reversed the patient is the driver of the outcome and and they're the drivers and the, the owners of their health we're just here, you know, as passengers, physicians as passengers, but directing them on where they can go. And I think that's a huge mental difference between how we have viewed conventional medicine versus the future of medicine, which I believe is lifestyle medicine. Yeah, I, I think I think that's huge. Um, and one thing with lifestyle medicine that just to add on to that is I like that it, it's just really focused on the root of the problem. I, f I feel like right. a lot of medicine nowadays, you're either, uh, is usually either a, a pill or a prescription. And with lifestyle medicine, um, there's a stent or a carrot. Yes, yeah, correct. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, just, I, I mean, like, for example, diabetes. It, most, I, I feel like what I was trained in the typical training, you know, you know, the first line of medication to put them on a second line, then you might start putting them on insulin. And there's not such a big discussion about the fact that diabetes, if it's type two, can often be reversible. And um, I, I really feel like that's a huge that's just a huge impact that you can have on someone if you can reverse their disease instead of having them be on the pills, which have all the side effects, you know, the insulin. There's, I mean, even from an environmental impact, all the environmental um, packaging that goes in their, their pills and the needles that get thrown away and 
or just, even or even sterilized sterilized i mean yeah i mean that's that's a huge thing pads. if we can do things simply from from just you know simple and i know difficult but simple lifestyle modifications that don't require any of this stuff you know i think is it makes a huge impact on anyone's life right what do you think dr sashi uh, i agree 100% i mean nothing really to add i just think that um one one thing that i find about at least for hawaii is that <clears throat> It is really hard to get people engaged in lifestyle lifestyle changes because the, mm, the, right. the the Pacific you know Islander island culture is just so embedded in sort of their food and, and culture and it's hard to get people to change. But so so for me, I think that one of the things that is easier for medicines is lifestyle medicines is when people actually want to change. It's really hard. It's I find it hard to get lifestyle medicine, and people do not are not willing to do to make a change in their lifestyle. Right. And growing up in yes. Brazil, I noticed that, um, you know, you know, like Brazil has all this kind of culture of like good bodies and pretty this and that. Um, but no one really talks about at least not back in the day growing up. They would. The, the purpose, the goal wasn't really to get healthy, it was just to look good. And, and I think that has changed a great, great deal now. So... I think the other thing that Sashi was bringing up was like, just the, like, um, the psychology of change. Because that's a huge thing. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be- because... Um, you know, a lot of people know what the right thing to do is. They know, at least to some extent, that they should be eating fruits or vegetables. But, you know, if they have a salad on one hand and a nice chocolate ice cream sundae on the, the other hand, like, you know, what what is going to motivate the person, you know, because certain things, I mean, I think if if you eat a healthy diet, it can be very tasty, but a lot of people kind of look at that instant gratification that, man, this salad isn't as appeasing to me as this chocolate sundae. So right. I'm going to just live for today and eat, eat the chocolate sundae. But I guess from both of us, probably, especially for Jonar, um, being a hospitalist, you know, you see people having those coming to God moments when they had their heart attack or, they just got diagnosed with lung cancer and they're, they're very motivated to change. Um, so there's a huge part of change psychology that's involved in lifestyle medicine, which is probably the biggest aspect in my opinion of lifestyle medicine is, is the psychology, um, and then the education. Yeah. I mean, I think from, you know, a practicing approach from like the physician side, I mean, yeah, it, it, this, it comes down to the patient too, but like, we can we can talk anyone's ear off about lifestyle medicine education but if they're not willing to change if you don't find a way for them for them to discover themselves on what would motivate them to get past their previous lifestyle choices then it's all for not you know so i agree with you greg i think that like psychology of change is is probably the number one thing you know behavioral change and and this i know we t- we kidded we joked around about the whole 
trans trans theoretical model it would only allow people who have a change score of seven or allowed to listen to this podcast but i mean like it's it's so huge you see it all the time in medicine you know right see patients in in and out of the clinic in and out of the hospital like it's i mean it's it's so hard to do so how do you do that from from a practical standpoint well i think earlier on when you and i were talking maybe about six months ago you told me about a book called atomic habits uh by james clear and um you know i i've gotten more and more interested in habits since that time and you know, a lot of these things just boil down to habits, like, and they can be very small habits. And um, that over time, habits become automatic. I mean, you know, most of us hopefully are brushing our teeth um, every day. But <laughs> when, when we're a kid, I, I, you know, I laugh because my, you know, uh, our we have a baby and he is very reluctant at night. Yeah, to brush his teeth. Yeah. And, and, and I think I was too. And but, you know, over time, I mean, I don't even think about brushing my teeth. I brush my teeth, um, but it's it's just like an ingrained habit that, that I don't have to, like, think about I really it. don't yeah. have to consciously think about it. I just, it's, it's just part of my day. And, right. and I think a lot of these lifestyle changes, you know, it starts out as, as a habit. And as you do it more and more, it, it just becomes ingrained in, in your daily, daily life. And I, I think... Um, incorporating habits about healthy lifestyle um, and just going gradually adding more and more things. I mean, I don't think the way to go is from, you know, eating a very unhealthy diet, just switching the next day and, and changing completely. I think it's just small habit changes over time. And um, eventually all those things stack up and lead to a healthy lifestyle. hundred percent, man. Could not agree more. Um, not much to add there. Sasha, Same here. I agree. You know, like as we learned, and it takes six months to change from action to maintenance, right? So, to to I agree with Greg when he said that you know that in his opinion the most important thing is actually the psychology of change, and takes six months to make that habit become part of your part of you, and. Um, and that would be something great if we could achieve that. I've been sort of trying to talk to people at work and lifestyle medicine patients and stuff, but it, there is always that barrier. And if, we, if people can become proficient, you don't have to be a doctor. You, just, you can be a family member. You can be a, a health-related um, worker and stuff like that. And, but if you can talk to people in a way to reach their, their core and evoke some sort of willingness to change that would be amazing if you want to find dr greg gatchel on the web go to dr greg gatchel g-r-e-g-g-a-t-c-h-e-l-l.com or my facebook page 77 health you can find dr jonar de guzman at dr jonar j-o-n-a-r dot com or at dr jonar on instagram and you can find dr sashi braga at dr sashi s-a-s-h-i dot com or at scuba life 808 thanks for listening 
All right, this is our ClickFunnels podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> hello, hello. This is our podcast after the... After hours? After hours, <laughs> after our um, Funnel Hacking Live. Uh, what did you guys learn about uh, from the conference? What was the biggest takeaway? To take action as you took. I didn't attend this year, so I can't answer. And my number one takeaway was living is giving. <laughs>